I'm not working this weekend, Jerry. Lucy! Every day I go and I sit in a booth like a veal. I, I work every holiday. I go home to a cat. For Lucy, loneliness was a way of life. Joe Jr. still single. Yeah, it's shocker. But the moment she saw Peter, she became a believer in love at first sight. He was perfect. Then fate stepped in. Mister, there's a train coming. Oh, God, you smell good. Now she's part of his life. He's in a coma. Oh, I was going to marry him. Who's she? She's his fiance. No, no, no. Peter's engaged. She saved his life. Part of his family. Hey, this Where's my, um, Lucy's uh, going to marry my brother Peter. What? I didn't mean for this to happen. I don't know what to do. Don't tell them a thing. Well, since they met you, they figure they have Peter back. They need you, Lucy. Just like you need them. Come on, everybody. And the grandmother, they just got this heart thing. She had three attacks already. Now, you tell them now, and you might as well shoot Grandma. That's right. You haven't met Jack yet. Welcome to the family. Oh, thank you. It's funny. My brother never mentioned you. Which one of the three Stooges was Peter's favorite? Curly. Curly. He's everybody's favorite. Fact is, you're not really Peter's type. All right, whose type am I? I like blondes. You like brunettes. What can I say, Peter? I was never envious of anything that you had until now. Well, yes. uh. <laughs> you have to tell me what to do. I like Jack. Pull the plug. You are sick. I'm sick. You're cheating on a vegetable. Caravan Pictures presents Sandra Bullock. These are your husband's things. Not my husband! Your fiance. Bill Pullman. She drives you so crazy, you don't know whether to hug her or just arm wrestle her. Peter Gallagher. He's awake! Your family's here, Peter. In a film about love at second sight. Who are you? While you were sleeping. Shouldn't have left the booth. Shouldn't have left the booth. Shouldn't have left the booth. Well, the holiday season is here, and there's nowhere... I'd rather be than in the merriest place on earth, Recon Cine Studios. Welcome to a brand new episode of Recon Cinemation. I'm your host, John Diner. I'm David Munchak. I'm Brent Hutchins. And this is the podcast that takes a look back at some of our favorite films from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. We're checking out how they hold up here today. And today, it's our holiday. It's our holiday movie. Who's, who's excited about that? Hey! I'm excited about all holidays. So yeah, this is great. Every time. All holiday. David loves all holidays except Shocktober, which was a long one this year. Shocktober's fucking eight weeks on this fucking show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> eight weeks of jolly goodness. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh well, hopefully we'll get out of some of the doldrums of the sequel sequelitis that we've got happening there. But now we're in the holidays and uh we had a great episode last week. We took a look back at trading places. And this week, we're looking at a 90s classic, While You Were Sleeping. Ooh. All right. Ro- it's rom-com time. Rom-com. And really, like, not our wheelhouse, but we're doing it. I feel very uncomfortable right now and not 
not at all in 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 a comfort a comfortable place. <laughs> well, the title well, is it could be a horror title, to be honest with you. Uh, yeah, while, yeah, while yeah, really you were good. sleeping, yeah. I think there actually is uh while you were sleeping in the woods or, or no one sleeps in the woods while camping alone at night I, there's there's Pro- actually probably a, a movie no. i think it's dutch or something it's, well, that sounds very dutch european <laughs> scary things happen while you slept in the woods the, which is the, the literal translation I, i'm not even joking that's like the name I can, of the i can believe it <laughs> yeah it's on a streamer somewhere well while you guys were sleeping I snuck in a very special guest to join us, uh, returning for the second time, our dear personal longtime friend from Santa Fe, Jared Burt. All right. Hello, gentlemen. I'm so happy to be back. I'm glad I wasn't rejected after the last uh, time we were together. Dead heat heat. was such was (laughs) was such a was such a huge episode that there's no way we couldn't bring you back. <laughs> massive. People, big, people big are still talking jump. about it. Ratings big jump. Ratings we got... jump with uh, Mr. Bird over here. Yeah, right. We yeah. <laughs> we got a lot of write-in letters. Like, the... Literally, we got some faxes coming in. The fax machine was just going. For your pigeons. <laughs> there was a All... pile of paper at the bottom of the fax machine just on the floor over the weekend. And we're like, David walked in. <laughs> Right, you walked in. Uh, like, paper what? The, what? It was. Uh, it took all day to clean up, and uh, it was yeah. almost like uh, De Niro in Brazil when the paper wraps them all up. Yes, that's right. Yeah. That was yeah, David was struggling with the paper, and well, welcome back. We're so excited to have you, man. It's it's a uh, very special yes, movie here. Yeah, I love being with you guys. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Well, we knew we were talking about your favorite movies, so we had to bring it back. <laughs> I mean, we love you too, but also I cannot remember a day that we spent in school where you weren't just talking about while we were sleeping. Well, listen, I pride myself on being a rom-com aficionado, not because I love rom-coms, but because my wife is a huge, huge fan. While you were sleeping uh, and my best friend's wedding happened to be two of her favorites. Nice. She's got good taste. That lady. That lady. Well, they're solid, speak of. solid choices. You uh you used to wear those WWJD shirts, but it's what would Jack do from this movie? <laughs> it's a picture of Bill Pullman. And he's and he's winking and pointing, or you know, I don't know, something <laughs> great like that. He's giving a heroic speech in front of the troops right before they go in a te- oh wait different movie. Yeah. You guys, he's, he's actually he's actually sitting in one of his created wooden chairs that he's made. I'd take one of those rocking chairs. That thing looked pretty badass. They were nice, and I hear yeah. the dining tables are stellar as well. <laughs> Super sweet. <laughs> oh my god! All right. Well, before we we dig into the film here, uh, let's let's uh, partake in our game. Six degrees of reconsideration. Brent, I think it's your turn. Listen, guys, I struggled a lot with this one because I, I got very nostalgic with the rom-com situation after watching this movie. And so uh, I went and I was perusing lists of best rom-coms of the 90s because, you know, as we all know, the 90s is the golden age of the rom-com. Uh, there's so many sweethearts from that time. Uh, I... I had a hard time narrowing it down, but what I decided to do is go uh, back to the beginning and and pick one of the kind of first rom-coms from the 90s that started 
the mass uh, bonanza that would be uh, the 90s and 2000s. Uh, and you might be thinking when Harry met Sally, because that was right in that wheel time or wheelhouse. But uh, but no, I'm going to go with Pretty Woman, 1990s Pretty Woman. Excellent. Okay. It's not it's not a hard one, but I felt like, you know, let's keep on theme. All right. Pretty Woman to While You Were Sleeping in as few moves as possible. Let's let's see how they connect. So we'll come back at the end of the episode and see what the rest of us came up with jared you're welcome to play you i don't know if it's too much pressure to figure out you better you better play buddy you can you can you can phone a friend call call sarah and see what she do i yeah do i have three three uh lifelines of course yes lifelines thank you i was like what's the damn thing they used to say listen if it if regis philbin ever said it i definitely know what he what it is Um, I got a little trivia separate from that. There is another Sandra Bullock movie where she utters the line while you were sleeping. Does anybody know what movie that is? Demolition Man. You shouldn't have gotten it that easy, but yes, Demolition (laughs) Man. (laughs) That was 100% a a guess, by the way. I just, (laughs) when does she say that in there? Uh, you know, I don't, I don't remember exactly when, I mean, it's, it's definitely like when she's catching him up on something, you know, I was, oh, that makes sense. Cause yeah, he was in the yeah. cryo freeze. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe yes. they're talking about the three shells. Got it. Oh, oh that yeah. Was, that was two years before this movie. Yes. Yeah. That was kind of the first four well, we'll talk about Sandra in a minute, but Sandy. Um, okay, so David, why don't you catch everyone up uh, for those that maybe have never seen while you were sleeping or haven't seen it in a while? What's happening in this movie? Uh, it's Christmas time in Chicago in the straight dead mid 90s. And uh, it's, there's no better time to be in a movie than the mid 90s. And a, a lonely and lovelorn public transit booth worker saves the life of her longtime crush. After a mugging gone wrong, uh, she doesn't even know his name. But after a few misunderstandings, she's welcomed by the man's family as his fiance. She falls in love with the family that she doesn't have, and things get even weirder when she begins to develop feelings for the man's suspicious brother. And it's just a bunch of misunderstandings after that. It is. It is definitely a movie about misunderstandings, mishaps, <laughs> and miscommunications. <laughs> It's like it's like three's company, you know, just like our everyday miscommunication leads to some wacky hijinks. Yeah. A lot of people coming in and out of doors. A lot of door slamming. A lot of door slamming, people just missing each other, you know. A lot of creepy neighbors hiding in closets too. I that that's what's going on with all that. <laughs> and a nosy landlord. Yeah. <laughs> uh okay, Brent, bring us back in time. To the year 1995, what's happening? Uh, April, I believe it's what April 21st, 1995. What what's happening in the world then? That's right, April 21st, 1995. Uh, Bill Clinton's president. Uh, so hurrah for that. Um, I suppose if you're excited for that kind of thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> text messaging was uh, starting to happen, but it could only happen uh, if you were on the same carrier. Uh, also, this thing 
this new startup thing was was beginning called the internet. So that was all starting to become a, a real deal, uh, which, you know, maybe some of our listeners will remember life before the internet. But uh, yeah, that was a thing at some point. Uh, let's see. Uh, what do we got? We also got uh, music wise, people like Celine Dion uh, blowing up, Montel Jordan, TLC, Mariah Carey, Michael Jackson, Coolio and Oasis, like all those all those people are are uh, selling many many CDs, which which is the new format for which you listen to music on uh, in 1995, as cassettes start to fade away into the 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 history of of audiophile fun. So on television, we've got Full House, Roseanne, Frazier, and Walker, Texas Ranger. Yes, uh, we've got video games, Mist, Robocop versus the Terminator, Donkey Kong Country. There you go, Jared. That's the that's the short version. When when you guys see this movie, did anybody see it in the theaters or is it at home video? Was it pay per view? Was it years later? Let's. Uh, what do you think, Jared? How, let's start with you. Well, I'm fairly confident that I most certainly saw this in the theater, and I'm fairly confident that I probably saw it more than once. How many times do you think you've seen this movie? I probably, Saren, okay, when did it come out? 95. 95. I've probably seen it at least once a year since 1995. Wow. This year I've seen it twice already. (laughs) Already. (laughs) Already. There's still time to watch it again. It is the end of the year, but. Yeah. But Sarah Sarah said said that we're going to watch it again at Christmas time. That's what she told me today. As you better we were yeah as states. this is dropping on christmas eve you're probably watching it tomorrow right i will i will be watching it yeah that's right it's a burt family tradition yeah wow that's that's a lot of times okay so you saw it in the theater and you've seen it mm-hmm. at least once a year every year since then so i would say close to that yeah you're gonna win the record here but <laughs> brent what about you catch it on video uh, I'm pretty sure Jared took me to go see this at the theater while we jammed listening to Oasis in his car on the way there. <laughs> but if that wasn't it, then I think I probably picked it up on video when I was working at Video Impact. Uh, I remember it coming out uh, or releasing. I guess it, I don't remember it hitting theaters, but I remember it being all over the shelves. And I know when I was working at the the, the video store, uh, that's where I really fell in love with Sandra Bullock with love potion number nine. And so I was excited to watch this when it, when it came out as a new release, I may have accidentally accidentally, mind you kept a copy from work at one point for too long. I probably owe some late fees. You probably do. And they're probably, you know, they're probably going to get you now. Pretty extreme. Yeah. Um, David, how about you? Did you, is this a first time watch or had you seen this one before? No, I avoided this one, um, which is, it's a, uh, you know, I wasn't watching all the rom-coms back then, but I did miss this one, even though I'm a big Sandy Bullock fan and a big Bill Pullman fan, <laughs> but, uh, I'm a big, Pull, big Pullman fan, big Pullman fan, uh, <laughs> from Spaceballs. That was the, uh, that's how I know Bill Pullman. He'll always be yeah. Lone Star. That does it. I don't care everything else he ever does or will do. I so, almost uh, just called him Star-Lord by accident. <laughs> that almost happened. 
so this would have been right up my alley. It was like this and and Mr. Wrong with Ellen DeGeneres. Uh, I didn't I didn't see these two these two rom coms. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the two that you missed. Uh, I missed the, the the two Pullman big Pullman. So anyway, yeah. Catching but Ellen's such time. a huge rom-com draw. I don't know how you missed that. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's uh, no couple I'd rather see than Ellen DeGeneres and Bill Pullman. Bill Pullman in the 90s. Yeah, baby. Um, good times. So yeah, no, the just first time watch for the show. And um, it was like, it, having never seen the movie, it still felt like putting on a, a comfortable pair of, of, of shoes or, or warm socks, or pajamas, warm socks. slippers, pajamas. yeah shorts but whatever i don't know <laughs> pajama shorts is that a thing uh, <laughs> it is now <laughs> should be so i bet you it, can get them at walmart absolutely so uh yeah it, it felt very familiar and of the time and and it was a, a nice little delightful homecoming it, it's like seeing a lost episode of a tv show you've never you, you didn't realize you never saw even though i've never seen this movie so nice yeah this was uh almost a first time watch for me i um i remember being homesick and it had to be like the winter of 95 when it was on either cable or pay-per-view or something and and i remember being like sick and being like bundled up and like half making it through maybe like 20 minutes and then i fell asleep and just because i was sick and uh and you know, I liked it and I remember it being kind of everywhere, especially when I worked at Suncoast. This was a movie that like we would only get it like a lot of holiday movies. We'd only get it really as we got towards the holiday season and they would just fly off the shelves. Like we would get a whole like box full of while you were sleeping and they would be gone like just as fast as they came in. Wow. So it was a super popular movie, but I never actually watched it. And even though... Jared, we made it all through college, and I was very aware in your household how beloved it is. We never watched it together. So I didn't watch it until the holiday season of 2022 for the first time, and I loved it. I watched it by myself, and Brent, I think we, we had a conversation about this, and there's something yeah. about these 90s romantic comedy movies that I don't know when I watched it by myself I was like sucked right into it and I was a complete sucker for it I fell for everything loved it was all emotional and everything it's like this movie we got to do this on the podcast it's going to be amazing <laughs> then I watched it top numbers <laughs> I watched it with my family this time and it was like it was getting shredded by everybody and it was a very different experience. So <laughs> I feel like I've seen it from both sides within the last year. I refuse to watch it with anybody but myself so that it always feels like a nice warm <laughs> hug. It it actually took me about 30 minutes to let go of my 2023 like mentality and just be like, Okay, I don't care if this is problematic. It's fun. It's a funny movie. Like it's a fine movie. Like I don't. I don't care how damaging this is for women. Like this, how can you not? This is how can 90s. you not fall in love with Sandra Bullock? Yeah. Like well, I'm even like, okay. Roger, even Roger Ebert. That that was like part of his review for it at the time was like the first. I think it was the first like twenty minutes. He's like, "What am I watching? This is awful." And then before he even realized it, like he loved the movie and he was just in love with Sandra Bullock. And I think that's kind of the thing for this movie and that's like especially at that time like you couldn't not kind of 
fall in love with her. She was just like a, a sort of had become America's sweetheart. Well, I think David uses the perfect word. It's delightful. Like delightful is the way that I describe it when I write, when I did a little review on Letterboxd about it, like it, this is delightful. I mean, I just think it, and you know, Sandy, no one could do what she does in that movie. Like the, just the like sad sack. She does it so funny. I, I don't know, man. She's, she's great. She's just phenomenal. She's not only phenomenal in that, she's phenomenal in many, many things, but I don't know that there's another, I can't picture, I'm sure there's plenty of actresses I can do that, but I don't picture anybody doing it as well as her. Yeah. She's just super sincere. And like, I mean, you, you want to root for her, right? Like she's kind of like, she's a bit of the underdog. I mean, I think in a lot of her romantic comedies that she first started doing, like she's kind of, uh, not your prototypical like rom-com starlet and you know like throughout the course of the the thing it's her sincerity and you know she's charming and and funny and you know like it's a really uh sweet kind of package you know that that you kind of fall in love with throughout the throughout the course of the movie and yeah I and I think I oh sorry David I was just gonna say I think that she's unafraid to be like doofy she's unafraid to fall down or make a dumb comment or a dumb face or like a goofy she's just she's willing to go there and be goofy and she doesn't care yeah it seems kind of down to earth you know yeah well and they write this character like her character she's she's just sad like she lost we learn that she lost her parents and she's alone and hasn't you know hasn't been in love in a long time. And then it's so she's just sad. It's not like she's just some wacky woman who can't get out of her own way. She's not some weird career driven professional. She's not some quirky, like, you know, living a certain lifestyle where she hasn't thought about love. She's like, she's lonely. She's sad. She's depressed. She's yearning for companionship. Like it's, and that's all that shit's relatable at, at one point. And it's not that, and it's not because she's some big boisterous character. It's just, She's just a just a sad person, like who's looking for love, like who can't relate to that. And then it's her, like yeah. There's obviously pro- very capable actresses that would be great in the part, but there's something that she brings to it. I think that like in the in the hands of a lesser actress, this this movie wouldn't be as charming as it is. Yeah, She's got I mean, so it- much range. I mean, we we've seen her not in just this movie, but in the movies surrounding this one. Like she can really do it all. She can do action. She can do silly, you know, physical comedy. She can be shy. She can be assertive. She can be cute. She can be sexy. Like she can do all these different. You know, she can do dramatic really well. I mean, she really can kind of do everything, and it's so because she just she's so relatable on top of it all that especially here she like you guys like you were all just saying like she feels like you know her character in some ways feels like a real person i am gonna go into like the dark (laughs) messed up side of what's going on in this movie too but (laughs) but i mean her performance wise like she's just uh so magnetic yeah we'll we'll get there after we stop gushing yeah, we'll do the good <laughs> stuff first. <laughs> and this is really like well, her. That's probably it, why it works, right? Because the it's like a pretty jacked up scenario, really, that's going on here. But because she's like, sorry, 
you you're you're like okay she's so cute and you're just like ah it's okay i get it you're you don't you feel bad i guess a little bit <laughs> well and, and it's not just this movie i mean there's there's so much so much of a thing about nine you know 80s and 90s romantic comedies that they're just they live in this this really simple bubble where things just like like there's it's really not complicated you you just have to suspend disbelief like the characters aren't really like a, a lot of these the characters in this movie like they don't feel like real most of them like the family like they don't feel like they're like caricatures they don't feel like real people they're just kind of a, a version of that but but you kind of don't care anyway like you just go with it with with these kind of movies or you're gonna hate it right you either buy in or or check out right yeah like, it, those are sort of your two options there's there's no in between if you're gonna enjoy it you just got to go along with it and, and come along on the ride yeah absolutely like you you can't and that's what makes it hard for i think you know some some modern audiences but with again not just this movie many of these kinds of movies to it's harder for audiences to like buy into that now sure than when we we grew up in it and it was just the way these movies were made and it was normal back then and now you watch it if you haven't seen it in forever like it's like Whoa, innocence okay. has been lost on the modern <laughs> yeah. modern audience yeah yeah i mean they definitely don't make films like this anymore do they not do say. they really not hallmark does right Hallmark does, yeah. Yeah, like Netflix, so. makes, yes. Netflix makes the Christmas movies. I feel like there's about fifty Christmas movies that come out on on Netflix each each year. And, and I guess they, those, and a, those still and are a, popular, right? I mean, yeah, I think super so. popular. Yeah, I think they're more popular now than ever. I mean, they they yeah. Hallmark just constantly runs those movies. Yeah, but I don't think. But you this see is it. like mean, a you don't big, see them at the this theater. This is like a yeah. big money making right. theater yeah. movie, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. But the formula, story wise, the formula in this movie is exactly what the Hallmark movies now are yeah. doing. Just over and over and over, you change the you change the setting. You know, it's like Christmas in the Rockies, Christmas in on the Mississippi, Christmas. In, you know, like it's Delaware. Just, yeah. <laughs> Christmas in the Adirondacks. Like they get real specific now. Someone's always a marketing professional. Yeah. <laughs> Someone's changing their career. They have yeah. <laughs> four bedroom houses. They they just happen. They I, I just got I just moved to this it's four a literary bedroom house agent, and there's some writer off somewhere, and they just have to have them <laughs> sign up for whatever. Yeah, it's happened before. <laughs> That's a real story, I think. And as far as Sandra goes, like this, it always seemed like this was like, what, like her third movie? Not at all. She'd been around for quite a while at this point, And this is actually yeah. her 13th movie. Yeah, that blew my mind. Like going back and looking through her credits, I could have swore <laughs> this was like maybe movie number two after Love Potion number nine. No, but this came out like after, I think, what was it after Speed, after Demolition Man? Yeah, like what, it was uh, the the big ones before this were Love Potion number nine, The Vanishing, Demolition Man, and Speed. That's crazy. So she was already like, a, she was well, she's, a, kind of a big star already at this point. Yeah, she was. I think I mean, coming out of Speed, like she really. Yeah, exactly. It was Speed that made her huge. You know, Demolition Man was like a good 
supporting role, which we covered. You can check it out in the archives at reconsideration.com. Uh, it's a good supporting role. Obviously, it's Stallone and Snipes' movie, but um, that gets her, you know, she gets speed after that, and speed is was a huge, huge movie, huge hit. Yep. So she's kind of, you know, made after that, and this follows it up in less than a year, and this is also a pretty significant hit. So, and then right after this, like, she just rolls into, um, you know, the net and... Uh, Oh God! I just time to on kill, the name. right? A time to kill, yeah. yeah. The net and a time, time to, to kill, kill was a, that was a huge, that was a big deal when that came out. Like, big, oh yeah, you know, big it was stars a big book and yeah, prime of, of John of Grisham, yeah. yeah. And then Speed yeah. Two, yeah. You and I were talking a little bit earlier this week, and I was like, <laughs> I think, I think the net was the first movie I saw of hers where I was like, ah, I don't know if I really loved that one as much. Yep. <laughs> I think it did well, but it was the first kind of like miss. But then she does Time to Kill. So and it's right back, right back yeah. on the horse. Yep. But I mean, that, that, that performance in Speed, she, she like steals. Oh, yeah. Every she's fantastic. She, she, yeah. And then, and then to follow it up with While You Were Asleep. I mean, she's a bona fide star at that. I feel like after those two, even. Yeah. Yeah. Well, definitely. in two different genres, right? Like, I mean, she's attacking. You know, like she, she's, you could put her in anything at this point. Well, she's covering all audiences, right? She's covering the guys, the women, kids, probably too, for both, you know, on both sides. And so, yeah, she's, she's doing it all. But really, romantic comedies was where she's going to kind of plant her flag, right? Like that's, that's really what she's, when you think Sandra Bullock, what do you, what pops into your guys' minds? Love push number nine every single time. <laughs> it is the first thing I think about when I think Sandra Bullock. I'm not even, yeah. I don't know why, but it is the, it, it's not her best. It's not my favorite, but every time I think of her, that is the first thing I think of. Is maybe because that's the first one you saw her in? It's the first time I recognize her as like, oh, wow, she's good. And, I'll probably see her more often, right? Like, mm -hmm. I think this is the beginning of maybe someone's career. Yeah. You know, but yeah, it definitely is is the one. But uh, yeah, but romantic comedies is where she really kind of makes her career for the most part. I mean, the next 15 years of, of romantic comedy films are Two If By Sea, Hope Floats, Forces of Nature, 28 Days, Two Miss Congeniality movies, two weeks notice, The Lake House, The Proposal, and of course, don't you dare forget all about Steve. Don't Have do it. See, I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that one. I should check it out. I love The Proposal. <laughs> all about Steve. That that goes along with what Jared was saying. Is she can do it all because that's the same year she did Blindside. Like, so she was in like. Is it really? She literally went to the Razzies and collected her best worst actress trophy <laughs> then the for next all, day for, went for what all about steve uh-huh yeah the next day she, she, collect, <laughs> she collected her oscar for blindside the next day she's covering her bases man that mantle is full good and bad <laughs> love her. yeah i mean that's just those are just romantic comedies that's not all the other films that she was doing so she's sure. still you know she's consistently put out big film after big film not all of them are winners you know I think the proposal was huge and all about Steve was like a huge bomb and they were kind of back to back. But then David, like you said, you got the blind side in there, which is 
you know, considered more of a legit film and, or at least now there's some controversy with it, but, uh, Certainly. Um, yeah. Uh, and then she does something like bird box, which is really dark, you know, horror film, um, that I don't know. I really like that. I think a lot of people didn't like it or had problems with it, but I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. I think it was coming off, um, what's the, what's the Quiet Emily Blunt one? Quiet Place. Yeah. yeah. Where it was similar enough to feel like a copy, but mm-hmm. she's great in, it took me a while to see Bird Box, but she's great in it. It's very good for sure. Yeah. So she just had really an incredible career that is really at, at this time for while you were sleeping is really just getting started. And you could feel that she's got this really bright future ahead of her. And it, to me watching at this time, like, God, she, it feels like she's really taken the ball from from Meg Ryan, like what Meg Ryan was doing in the late 80s and early 90s. Sandy comes in and picks up and runs with that ball for like 20 years. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like her and maybe Julia Roberts, you know, were kind of the top. Got Kate Hudson in there a little bit later in the 90s, but. Yeah, but I don't think Kate ever had the box office hits that the, the others had. No, but she did like, have Almost Famous, which is yes, pretty awesome. Yeah, yep. Again, another movie you can check out in the archives at reconsideration.com. I feel uh, like with Julia point, Robert, Julia Roberts and um, Sandy, they, I think just going through their film, filmography and talking about them right now, they were able to do a lot more than the rom-coms too, where yeah. Meg Ryan did some, but they weren't, I don't feel like any of her non-rom-coms were like really blew up, but Sandra's and Julie Roberts, other movies, I feel like they had some, some success outside of the genre. Well, I wonder if they learned from Meg Ryan not to like fall into that trap. Right. Like, and that's why they went out and pushed to do things that were outside of the genre before it became too much of a focal point or yeah because i think you're I, yeah i think you're right you know like and i you know meg ryan has is, she's fantastic um yeah you know you know what the answer is the key difference is john grisham john grisham julia roberts did the pelican brief that's one of the big ones in there that breaks away from romantic you know comedy films and sandra bullock does uh a time to kill so back in that era, you got it. You had to do a John Grisham that can show you your, you could do the dramatic stuff. Meg Ryan didn't get that chance. I don't think. Was it time to kill the first like big adaptation of one of his books? No, no, there was the firm, the client and Pelican brief were all before that. Okay. They, those were all before yeah, I couldn't client. remember. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah. So, and it was interesting to hear like who was up for this role, uh, Gina Davis, Demi Moore, and Julie Roberts all actually turned this role down. Nicole Kidman auditioned for it and was not cast. I think I, I Julie Roberts is the only one out of that group that I could see doing it this way. Maybe Demi Moore, but uh, I don't know. I don't see the others in, in this role. I like it needs some kind, a kind of like silliness a little bit that I don't know if the others could have pulled off. Yeah, I I mean, it's hard to say now with, you know, I mean, obviously with it done and Sandra being as good at it as she she was, it's hard to say. I do think Julia Roberts maybe like 
might be a little bit different, but she probably has she's of the group probably the best chance to to do that. But you know, like she comes out swinging with things like my best friend's wedding and stuff like that, which is you know that's another one in the you know it's top tier right there. Don't get yeah. me sitting around a table <laughs> singing songs with Rupert Everett, right? Like that's. Yeah. I what used were to sing uh, that what, song. It was my favorite. What were some of the other big, you know, kind of comparable romantic comedy films of of this kind of era? David, what were you what were you kind of watching? Were you watching these kind of movies? Uh I, I don't think I was going out of my way. Um were you just all about the Ninja Turtles movies? Well, of course, yeah. Um <laughs> But that that was late eighties, early nineties. I wasn't. I was a child. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, you know, I saw Sleepless in Seattle in uh, in the theater. I with my family. <laughs> like, uh, good. You got mail? Sure, absolutely. <laughs> I I missed out on my best friend's wedding. Um, I never got around to it. But um, it's a good one. You should check it out if you haven't seen it. And I, you know, I like the proposal. <laughs> <laughs> with, I did too, uh, actually. Yeah, that's a really funny, fun movie, you know. But then, you know, then you have like things like it's almost like Groundhog Day was kind of is another one of the like you know other reasons to go see these things. Like, I went to see a Bill Murray movie, not necessarily a romance <laughs> movie. You know what I mean? So it's uh yeah, I mean, so they were around in my they were in my orbit, but uh I wasn't necessarily. Um, uh, consuming as many um, rom-coms as I could. I was kind of a sucker for him, man. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's like this untamed heart, like Mar- Marissa Tomei and, mm. you know, like those kind of movies or, or 10 things I hate about you. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. If, not, if, not, Notting Hill. Notting Hill. Oh man. Notting the weddings Hill. and a funeral, yeah. anything mm-hmm. with Hugh Grant, basically like for. Right. Yeah. Hugh Grant was big there seri- for a bit. Nine months. Time. Yeah. Nine months. Yeah. I mean, there's as good as it perfect, gets, like as good as it it's gets kind of for a, sure is, is, is a good one. It's a little different. Yeah. Kevin Smith even jumped in with chasing Amy, you know, trying to like do his take on a, on, on the rom-com. I don't know. You know, like I was kind of a sucker for, for all of them. Always looking for love guys. Always looking. <laughs> yeah. And then you get the Drew Barrymore ones a little later on, but wedding singer, that's never been classic. Yep. Yeah. Never been kissed, yeah, never right? Been kissed. Yeah, like, fever uh, pitch. Jerry Maguire, I guess. Fever you could put pitch. In there. Oh, yeah, dude. Fever pitch. American, that was a little later. The American, yeah. the American adaptation of the. Watching it again this time, what jumped? Another thing that jumped out at me is like just the massive, like David, you touched on it earlier, like the miscommunication hijinks. <laughs> that that was such like a sort of staple of these movies that like. Somebody had to say something and then someone overheard it and kind of got the wrong message. And, you know, like everyone's getting their wires crossed. Nobody's telling the truth or somebody's not telling no one, the no truth. One's cor- yeah, no one's correcting what, what right. mistake right. they heard or made. And that you don't have a movie <laughs> like if you yeah. don't. But all it right. takes yeah. is just, oh, wait a second. That's not what happened. And then it's like, yeah. oh, all right, great. Then we're gonna go our separate ways now. Yeah. But you need the snowball exactly. of of right <laughs> when we were watching from it, clarification. When I was watching this with the fam this time, they were like, Why doesn't she just tell the truth? 
And then we're like, well, there's no, the movie would be over. So yeah. uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's just not how it works. <laughs> While you were sleeping, I bailed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And this one, like it gets really, it feels like it's really elaborate that it just, the, uh, the hijinks just really stretch out in this one here. Um, and this is a little bit of a uh, plot wise, it's a little bit of Sleeping Beauty, just kind of a role reversed uh, Sleeping Beauty, right? With, with the guy who is unconscious and uh, just, just a little bit. Not, it's not an exact plot uh, mirroring, but there's, there's a little bit of it. You did have to find the witch's spell to wake him up or something. Is that? Is that yeah, that's in the beauty? director's cut. <laughs> the turtle tube cut the turtle tub. <laughs> it's a whole fantasy element that's just cut yeah. from the movie it is it is quite comical that it's like it turns it goes from she's just a random person who saves his life to his fiance to knowing the whole family and then oh yeah now she's pregnant and then you're just like what <laughs> yeah and you know really within the world of this movie though the plot i mean for what it is like the plot is very straightforward and makes sense right so so she works at the was it the chicago transit the cta right david you lived in chicago yeah that's a real point that's a real thing cta the cta chicago mm-hmm. transit authority indeed um and she's a sad sad youngster living her sad life for sad lonely life and is kind of has a bit of an obsession with with peter played by peter gallagher this handsome man that she sees only at the train station as he comes through every day and she's probably created a fictional version of him and fallen in love with that fictional version without ever having spoken to him and I found it interesting that he's mugged and that is why he falls backwards on the train tracks, knocking himself into unconsciousness where she has to rescue him. And the mugging plays no part of the plot. Like at no point does anybody go back and try to address the fact that he was mugged, you know, like, or try to catch those people. I mean, at what all. are you going to do? He fell on the tracks. There's no, it's not like they have a camera at every uh, turnstile like they do now. It's yeah. It's 1995. You know. No cameras. I mean, it did have something to do with the plot. It's what put him in the hospital and made him sleep. Right. So, right. Right. But there's no but like beyond, but beyond that. They're like, you know? they're like, yeah, you know, it's he just Chicago. fell. Shit happens every week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The funny thing is, like, he, he fell, and then she's she's on the tracks, and like, and the the oncoming train, it's stationed at another station. There, there's a person driving that. Like, yeah, that person would have seen at the next station, only yeah, like th- three blocks away, which is literally how far apart they are in that elevated train. It's like eh, he probably wouldn't have hit her, <laughs> like, yeah. and it would have, and it would have stopped at that stop, <laughs> like, and it didn't. Neither of those things, I think. So it's <laughs> yeah, just that like part a, was I love the, funny. I love the tension building. How she's just talking to him as he's yeah. unconscious for like yeah. five minutes as the train's coming. Yeah, yeah. Like he, she's like he's, <laughs> he's not hearing you. <laughs> like you might yeah. want to roll before it gets so close. But you know, whatever. It's more dramatic. She's like the it, train's coming really fast. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We gotta That's go. how they roll. 
And she would have had, she would have, and in her booth, she would have had a, a radio or a phone to tell the, tell the trains to stop. We got someone on the tracks. Yeah. There's probably a button to hit. Like there's a million ways that this guy I mean, was not going to be in any harm. Like, like we were saying, you either got to get on board with the oh, yeah. shenanigans of yeah. the movies or, or yeah. not, you know, like Absolutely. just roll, you got to roll with it, roll yeah. with it. This is how it's going. You know, it's, so yeah, it's all, it's all bananas. Bless Peter Gallagher because he is asleep for ninety percent of the movie, and he is incredible when he wakes up. <laughs> Peter yes, Gallagher, he he's always great, is he not? I mean, he for is, what he's doing, he is. But to do this, to do this part, which is like the side, you know, the supporting yeah. character who's awake for maybe fifteen minute run, fifteen minutes. Well, he's of the in the guffin, right? He's right. like, he's so good. Oh, I love Peter ice cream. Oh my god! Yeah. Man, Trying to so convince funny. himself that he needs to propose to this lady. <laughs> just yeah. Okay. And then when so Bill he's Pro- unconscious. Bill Pullman is like talking, talking about how, uh, how he, he, you know, he really knows San, you know, Sandy's character in the yeah. end, and he's like, "Nah, that's not it." He's like, "Miss Thompson was like my third grade teacher." I, he's like reciting his whole life. It's like, but I don't remember you. So they get him to the hospital and she, you know, just, I guess she has to go with him. Right. She like abandons her post. Uh, I don't know who's, who's letting She's people through the turnstile. Prince charming yeah. to the yeah. capable hands of the EMTs. No. And it's so the rest of the movie hinges on this whole, this just very simple miscommunication, right? Where as they wheel him away, she just mumbles to herself, that she was going to marry him and a nurse right overhears it. And that is what spurs the rest of the movie on and the identity, you know, false identity of her as Peter's actual living fiance, which coincidentally he has a fiance that they've, none of these people have met. No, they have met her. They just, Oh yeah, they did. That's right. Didn't, yeah. didn't like her. Right. But it would make sense, you know, he's got another one now. Yeah. He's the <laughs> type of guy that could leave a relationship and gain another relationship without yeah. them knowing it. Because even though the family is super tight knit, he seems to be the one character or one. He's part like the, of the family. he's kind of the outcast. The right? outcast, yeah. Right. He's the lawyer outcast who's less about family and more about prestige and money. Yeah, I mean, look you look at his lifestyle, right? When they, when she goes to his apartment. It's this beautiful, you know, rich, fancy, high rise apartment compared to the family's like very much lived in. Yeah. Modest house. Yeah. And then we meet the whole family, which is like a bombardment of overwhelming energy that I I don't know how like (laughs) that she falls in love with because she's never had a family. So she kind of goes along with the fact this that she's been misidentified. Yeah, it's like meeting the family in the Griswolds uh the 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 Christmas uh what Christmas vacation? The, thank you, that one. Yeah. Uh except they're charming. Yeah. <laughs> and and mm-hmm. you and you actually like them and would want to spend time with them. Yeah. They're uh yeah, imagine the Griswolds and this family together, like in one, you know, one <laughs> holiday meal. That'd be incredible. 
the cat still wouldn't be, be the, cat, the cat still wouldn't make it yeah <laughs> um my favorite scene in this movie is the dinner scene where they're all together and like <laughs> what they're talking about like they're talking about a lot about food it's all like very real conversations so uh, to me a lot of this movie these characters aren't you know that real they don't really feel like real people they're just living in this bubble of a movie except this scene it feels like growing up in an italian big italian family like these are the kinds of things that was actually <laughs> talked about. about this is dinner talk yeah everyone's and, talking over each other everyone's talking about different topics yeah yeah and you just cut back and forth between the random conversations and my favorite line is is the great jack warden's i could never make a good pot roast you need good beef argentina has great beef beef and nazis <laughs> like and, and cut like that's the yeah end. <laughs> yeah it goes to another part of the conversation yeah. that someone else is having they weren't talking about Nazis. <laughs> it just got thrown in there. Uh, the uh, the Bear season two. It's a show on Hulu FX. Yes. Yeah. There is Great a show. a already classic, legendary Christmas episode in the se- second season. Well, about and again, that takes place in Chicago, and it's about a family. Uh, and it's the most dysfunctional, harrowing like episode oh, of yeah. television. Like it's it's. Awful, but I would it'd be amazing to combine the, that that group, that family, with these goofballs that aren't really talking about anything. <laughs> yeah, so it, good. It would be it'd be such a different. <laughs> there's two different ways to do Christmas dinner: watch that bear episode or this movie. Yeah. <laughs> you got so Jamie Lee Curtis who plays the mom. She does, yeah. Jamie. Lee. Oh, so what? Good. How Jamie did I Curtis? not know this? Oh, dude, if you haven't seen this show, this is off topic. You just joined you the season two, though, right? Yeah, she's yes. just in the one episode, yeah. I think, or yeah, two okay. technically. All right, my favorite, my my you know favorite episode Jamie of the show is. Yeah, you guys are tight. Yeah, super tight. <laughs> yeah, the tightest. You should see the bear. It's totally <laughs> worth it checking out. Yeah, apparently, yeah, the bear rules. <laughs> Sorry. Best episode, by the way. I, I feel like it's called Forks. I'm just putting it out there. Okay, uh, it's a right. great episode. I'm bumping it up the list. There you go. Um. Yeah, I, I think the the everybody they cast uh, as the family, Peter, you know, Jack Warden, he's not a, a f- actual family member. He's he's Peter's godfather and like almost like an uncle, right? Like he's super close with the family, but not a blood relative. Uh, Jack Warden's uh, amazing. He'd been around since at least the '60s, if not earlier, and just tons of great roles through all the way throughout his career. Um, every decade, he's got you know great performances in there. Uh, and 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 he's like the lovable grandpa type, right? Like, look at him, and he just looks like grandpa in this at this point of his life. So, I don't know. Uh, I just I just really love him and how silly he kind of is in this movie. And he finds out about um, you know the the false identity pretty early in the movie, right? And he just he overhears the truth. Oh, another and... overhear moment. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he sits on it and and he knows that she needs this family and this family needs her. So he's going to just kind of pretend he didn't hear that. Yeah, because well, he's he can, a, he... also a found family, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, he can he he kind of starts to confront her about it and in the conversation, you know, she you know, basically says that she would never do anything to hurt the family, which he believes to be super sincere, right? And so right. that's when he doesn't let on at that point that he knows about the situation. That's not for a little while later, but he already knows at that point. And yeah, he was kind of feeling, feeling, feeling it feeling out, her out. First, yeah. first bit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I love how she is trying to get him later in the movie is trying to get him to oh. be the one to tell the family. And he's like, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. And he, he, just, he just does nothing. To the bathroom for like, <laughs> yeah. you're like, what? Like, literally walks the I love, other way. I love that moment where he's like, I'm going to handle it. And he goes the opposite direction. Yeah. He like yeah. walks out of the room in the opposite direction. <laughs> yeah. My kids then, are cracking up. They're like, he's going the wrong way. I'm like, yeah. yeah. And when she fires him, like, you know, You're quote fired. unquote fires him from handling it. Like, it was just a really funny interaction. But um, he's great. Peter Boyle's always great. And especially in these kind of movies, very much feels like he went from this straight to everybody loves Raymond. Mm. And basically the same role. So, uh, yeah, just just really good casting with that family. And the, yeah, the mysterious younger sister that is significantly younger than than Bill Pullman and Peter Gallagher. Yeah, where did she use the surprise? That's like, that's how that that's how that mm. that situation always works, right? Yeah, there's like the two planned, and then there's the surprise years le- later. Yeah, and they're like, oh, there's the third, always <laughs> always significantly ten they 12 needed, years younger. They needed a. They needed an, a plant to figure out the the, the pregnancy plot. Oh, of course, that, that only right. lasts like five minutes in the movie. Yeah, but that's true. Yeah, but it but it does kind of work. Like there's a bit of that stereotype, right? Where the third one is always like it seems like much younger than the others. I mean, that's how it worked with my brother, his family. You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> They're all wonderful, but there's two that are older, and then there's the youngest who's a lot younger, you know. And it's like, okay, yep, it happens. Yeah, she also must be uh, on Christmas break or something because she's she's always she's never around. at school. She yeah, has she's no there school. all the time. Yeah, she doesn't have anywhere to be. She's Who hangs out with her. their old family all the time? Apparently Kids her. that are not old enough to drive. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you can escape to the the train station with your buddy and overhear incorrect information once again and start a whole new fiasco. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. And uh, she's played by Monica Kina, who we'll talk about a little bit down the road when we get to Freddy versus Jason. Yeah. Um, she will return to the podcast. Um. Yeah, this family is just really uh, kind of hilarious and. Of course, we haven't really mentioned him yet, but Bill Pullman uh, comes in playing the uh, uh, Peter's skeptical brother, who is really, you know, he's he doesn't believe her almost from like the first minute that she's not who she says she is. Yeah, even when but, he sees her on the couch that first night, he's like giving her the immediately look, you know what like I mean? what? Yeah, yeah. He hasn't seen her face or anything. He's just like hmm. Who's this person yeah, sleeping? Because he knows on my Peter's couch. type, right? Like he knows her yeah. type and or his type, and that's not it. And um, yeah, Bill Pullman though loved Bill Pullman back. I still love Bill Pullman. He's he's had a really interesting career that 
after Spaceballs, I was always kind of waiting for him to become that like big star. And he he never really became that. He did what, like Serpent in the Rainbow and uh, you know, Malice and some other films in there that were not at that, you know, blockbuster kind of level. And but he would throw out movies like that, you know, then he did While You Were Sleeping and then Independence Day the next year. So there you go. Then then he throws out some blockbusters, but then back to like zero effect and you know, movies that are more independent and i think in the later part of his career pretty much solely done like a lot of like lower budget lower profile movies but that some that are really really good that um he's been he worked with lynch in there a bit yeah yeah what lost highway right lost highway yeah 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 he had some interesting choices after he went he it's like he went mainstream and then he's like nah i'm good i'll go back to doing some of this like smaller darker stuff yeah, he's great. Well, there's I wish you know, he would do more. There's actors and directors who do that. That they're like, I'm going to do the you know the paycheck movie, so that I can do my next like three or four movies can be what I want to do for less. Yeah, and it's not like he's not. I mean, like he's doing like high quality, lower budget more independent stuff yes. you know like i mean yeah. the ballad of lefty brown and battle of the sexes things like that i mean these are things that are, like have a lot of star power attached to it but like they're not like huge mainstream deals i used to get bill pullman and jeff daniels confused all the time i don't know oh, why really? but i would like i have no idea why <laughs> they too- have a similar especially oh, back hair. then they have a similar kind of look and energy and you know, Maybe. the the famous one is the Bill Pullman, Bill Paxton switcheroo. Yeah. I don't really get, but I get uh, uh, they're not at all the same, right? No, it's, <laughs> it's really Pease. just their name. Sure. It's just the name. It's just the name, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like a like a Dermot Mulrooney and a Dylan McDermott. Dylan McDermott, yeah. <laughs> kind of Although Bill Paxton <laughs> as Lone Star could have been interesting. It'd have to be like 90s Bill Paxton, though. It'd have to be like Chet from Weird Science, Bill Paxton. <laughs> yeah. Right. If he was like basically Chet, that'd be incredible. <laughs> <laughs> or his character from Aliens. Oh, Hudson. Game over, man. Yeah. <laughs> that'd be a weird Lone Star. <laughs> oh, man. It'd be so bonkers. Um, but yeah, Jack, uh, you know, Bill Pullman plays Jack and he's. Uh, Along the the whole rest of the movie is as he's trying to figure out Sandra Bullock's character, they're just they're they're falling in love, right? And pretty quickly, like you can tell, they they know they're in love with each other. They're both kind of hinting at it, and they're not. Neither's saying it out loud until really right at the end, right? Oh, and yeah, of course, the wedding right when right when their you know feelings are really bubbling to the surface. Peter comes out of his coma and Jack Warden's character in another sort of creepy thing, like bullies him into going along with it. That he does, of course he doesn't remember her at all because he's never met her. <laughs> so he's actually telling the truth and Jack Warden bullies him into going along with the ruse and convincing himself that he loves her. He totally tricks him into yeah. marrying this, this stranger. 
That's so absurd. Oh my goodness. It's so absurd. It is so so absurd. Instead of telling the truth and solving the problem, I will trick you and bully you into marrying this stranger. And then Sandra Bullock's like, yeah, I'm cool. I'm going to do it. (laughs) Why not? I and it, I think it I don't and I think like you could probably have tr- spent a little more time with her like difficulties of just like to to clear the air uh but it, it's all right there on the on the in the performance and and what we've already seen is like this is worth it to her she will go she will even go to this length to get to to, to, to instead of breaking the illusion you know she'll she'll, she'll go as far that. as go to the altar <laughs> she has that really great scene with her boss where she kind of like, she just the way she performs it, you're, you, you're like, oh, I kind of get it. In a, I don't know why I think this way while she's doing it, but she's so good. I kind of get it. Cause we're all suckers. We're all suckers for yeah, Sandra Bullock. She's just, she just sucks you right in, man. She's so charming that, uh, yeah. Jason Bernard who plays her boss is one. I love that guy, like going all the way He's back so to funny. V the, the original miniseries of V yes. he's great in that. And just a ton of other roles. And I think liar liar was his last film, but uh great, great yeah. actor there, but he was funny I mean, at think... the Christmas party when he's like trying to get everything straight. He's like, who's yeah. that? Yeah. He's yeah. so funny, dude. Yeah. I think he it's also, keep, you know, like, up. she doesn't yeah. want to, she doesn't want to like lose her family again, you know, like, yeah, she doesn't want to end up alone again. Right. Like that's kind right. of the, that's, that's why I give her the pass, you know, when watching this and I'm like, yeah, this is kind of crazy and you could totally duck out, but I totally understand not wanting to be alone. Yeah. You can understand. I think they make it pretty clear for, of her character. Why, right. why she go, continues to go along with it. And it's exactly that, that she, you know, it, there's the, 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 when they're giving out the Christmas gifts and you're watching her watch the family interact with each other and she's just quietly watching them and, smiling and like loving this moment and after living most of her life without that you know it's really now suddenly she has it how could she pass it up yeah that moment is directed really really well too for a for a movie like this it's it's very simplistic and just panning around the room to everybody smiling and interacting and it's just she just got a great look on her face it's it's really well done it's uh you're talking about john turtletaub and Turtle Taub does Turtle not Taub. mess around. He knows what he's doing. See, he he's Treasure. like got it. He's got such a variety of films he's done. I love. Yeah, his career has been Treasure. all all over. Feels like, yeah. uh, you know, with with one of the latest being the Meg. What was that one? The is? sequel or the first one? The first one. He did the first one. I don't think he uh, did yeah. the sequel, right? No, he didn't do the second one, but. It's a it's a masterpiece on all levels. He did Phenomenon. I love Phenomenon. The old '96 uh, Travolta. Travolta. Yeah. Yep. I mean, he legit has done action adventure, rom coms, d- dramas. I mean, he's just done everything. I feel like. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And he's been around a long time. And it's it not a lot of directors. I appreciate directors who will have a scene that isn't overloaded with dialogue and that can know that knows how to bring moments out of silence, which is exactly what we were just talking about that scene of there's dialogue because she's watching people talking to each other, but there's not, it's not really dialogue. You know, the, the, the main character is, is silent and is just watching. So those are, 
in today's you know film world you don't see a lot of that anymore it's all it's a lot of fast cutting a lot of dialogue and information kind of a lot of directors now don't work with silence or quiet um, yeah. unless it's for a specific reason so no it's like my kids they're afraid of quiet moments <laughs> can't have a silent moment well, not to not to get off on a tangent, but I just watched Halloween with my son tonight. He's about to you know be seventeen soon, and you know there's so many long shots where you're just like looking down the street, and he's like, "This is really stressing me out." I'm like, "Yeah, that's how <laughs> that's movies were made thing, before. Yeah. These mm-hmm. visuals used to like really create attention and the stress. It's great. He, I yeah. think he really liked it, but he was like, "I am so sweaty. He's <laughs> <laughs> like so stressed out. It was so funny." It was enjoyable. That's awesome. That's amazing. Um, so yeah, speaking of kids, when I watch it with my kids, they 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 really tuned into. They created. They're like, what if there was a you recut this like a, a dark, <laughs> messed up movie called whilst whilst you were sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the dark side, dark version of this movie that you Lucy's could probably this- cut a hell of a parody trailer from this this yeah. film to, yeah. to make it real dark i know that. an editor that maybe has time on his hands that could uh, <laughs> i will pull that i together. will in january guys <laughs> maybe we'll hit that <laughs> but uh yeah i mean obviously like the entire plot is you could spin that and very easily into this dark uh, you know obsession drama almost like a single white female fatal kind of attraction yeah yeah that obsessed with this family. She's obsessed with this guy who she's, you know, maybe had a hand in putting him in this coma, you know? <laughs> she hired the she hired, to, yeah. Uh, to, yeah. <laughs> to push him into the onto the train tracks. I mean, the the bed of this movie is made in lies, right? Like lies and untruths and <laughs> um, I did it for you, Jack. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You've got this Peter. this this uh Joe Jr. played by Michael oh, yeah. Rispoli. Are we gonna <laughs> talk about him and his character? Another another he, great performance. He's yeah. so good. I cracked up every single he's so inappropriate. And everything, every scene that he's in is like, nah, that shit doesn't fly. But he is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. He's I mean, yeah, that that entire role is and it has nothing to do with his performance, by the way. He's he's a great actor. Check yeah. him out on The Sopranos. Um, and I, I actually hung out with him at a party years ago, and he's like the nicest guy, like super super good dude. But that character is just does not hold up in uh, today's no. era. Mm-mm. Oh man, he's just totally, sexual he's just harassment. Har- I mean, she's literally running down the street to, to avoid him because he's yeah, harassing her so yeah. much. Yeah, and by the end, it's like you're supposed to like love him, you know. He cries he's like, like oh, he cries at her. Yeah, yeah. I like the black underwears. <laughs> you see, oh man, he's funny. Yeah, he's in the closet, uh, like hiding in the closet, trying putting on her shoes. shoes. Yeah, yeah. He starts crying. You could try on my shoes. <laughs> yeah, that's she, like, another hole to the closet. A very sensitive area now that in in today's world that would not be portrayed that way and portrayed as a joke and 
you know, nope. it's a, just a weird guy, you know? Yeah. Um, we're talking yeah, about so I don't know. There, there's there is I don't it, you'd be hard pressed to find a 90s movie that doesn't have some version of that 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 just doesn't work anymore. And that's you I know, mean, uh, let's be real. You'd have a hard decade. time finding a movie in 2022 that doesn't have something wrong with it by 2023 <laughs> standards. So yeah. it's all well, I mean, evolving my, my best so friend's wedding is very problematic in many, many ways. Is it? We, I was going to yeah, we've watched it recently, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is like, yeah, it's it's you you guys should watch it again. We can have a discussion afterwards." Yeah, I kind of yeah, want to watch it. I was thought about I've, watching it tonight, maybe. Another thing that jumped out at me, and this is definitely a '90s thing: these musical interludes of these like this jazzy kind of riff music. Uh, this has it. Groundhog Day is another movie that has it. It kind of. I think it's sort of a romantic comedy thing of like this light, you know, musical tone, but it's like really like it f- makes it feel really dated watching it this time. I don't know. It just really like I was like, whoa, what what sound are we hearing here? Didn't even notice it. Oh, it's just me. It's just me that it bothers. I doubt it's, I doubt it's just you. I just <laughs> didn't even notice it. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't clock it, but I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Now you'll clock it. Now like you'll hear it when you watch next time you watch Groundhog Day, which will probably be, you know, uh, coming up Soon. in a couple months here. Yeah. The other line that I've absolutely loved and the the character that I loved is this. He's only in I think one scene, but uh Peter's like lawyer friend who The pencil guy? The oh. pencil guy? <laughs> oh. Yeah. What I don't can someone even explain? Like I know what the 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 uh, outcome was, but like, huh? Like what? Yeah. He had a pencil in his back pocket, and now Peter has one nut. That happened yeah. a month. That's that happened some, a month that's, ago. That's a month ago. Seriously aggressive boxing out. That's all. And by the way, his his boxing defensiveness out. about having a pencil. I'm a lawyer. <laughs> I do this. I do this. Lawyers have pencils. They do in their pockets. Everyone knows when that. they play basketball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There was probably, you know, he's covering him and there was a physical contact and, uh, you know, there goes box Peter out, with one less out. testicle. I don't know, man. It's intense. That's yeah, uh, so the yeah, moral those... of the story is don't play basketball with pencils in your pocket. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's basically what we're a roundabout way of what we're trying to say here with this episode. Safety first, kids. <laughs> um yeah, I don't know. So overall, this movie is fairly predictable, right? You know where it's gonna end up, you know what's gonna happen, but do you really care? You wanna just do you just go with it? It's about the no, because at the end, I'm in love with Sandra Bullock, and I just exactly. Like, there you and go. And Bill Pullman, really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. He is dreamy. He does a great and he job. makes and he makes furniture. Yeah, their He's chemistry is really great. Their chemistry is really great. They learn something from each other. She convinces him to fulfill his dreams. You know what I mean? Do, yep. Um, Hold on. Let me stop. Do you think their their chemistry is really great? I think that she's really good at making their chemistry seem great. He's really well, I mean, awkward for me. <laughs> I that's still something though, right? Yeah, like, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. But it's like, he's, I don't know, man. Like he's kind of weird in certain spots. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Like, I get it. He's, 
make furniture and he's like you know he wears flannel shirts modest (laughs) humble blue collar guy jean jacket like yeah (laughs) i don't know jacket rips his pants the scene where he rips his pants or like when he's like leaning up against the the wall or whatever like trying to show her a lean from i'm like she he's just teaching the lean dude he is just (laughs) teaching the lean listen I guess I'm like, and then, and then Joe Jr. is like, is he yeah. leaning? You know, like, oh, yeah. I guess I'm like That's Joe so Jr. Funny. Is this guy bothering you? Or yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're the Joe Jr. Of I'm the Joe Jr. of our group, I guess. Oh man, <laughs> you're highly offensive at all, at all times. That that, that fits. <laughs> that plays. Ah, no way. Yeah. No way. So. I don't know, just there's a bunch of interesting characters here. The plot, you know, you it's that's what a lot of these romantic comedy like Sleepless in Seattle. You could kind of say the same thing, like clearly they're going to end up together. Like, you you know where this movie is going to end, but you're invested in the characters and the actors playing them. Yeah. I mean, what do you guys think? Like. Bounce this one off what? Uh, maybe when Harry met Sally and and Sleepless in Seattle, who are what probably that and Pretty Woman are the three biggest romantic comedies at this at this point off the top of my head. Yeah, I just feel like the three. I would say that's accurate. Yeah, yeah. Where do you compare I- this one to those? Enjoyability. I like this more than a like. When Harry met Sally, like, hmm. uh, just just because it's lighter and more fun, like it's just a little lighter and sillier. Like I, I kind of like this genre of or this era of this genre for mm-hmm. for that. Like it's not complicated and 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 it's not that Nora Ephron kind of like men and women can't be friends; they have to fall in love. <laughs> kind mm-hmm. of bullshit. That kind of like I think screwed with some people's uh, thoughts about you know how relationships are formed and 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 you know mistaking feelings uh and saying well yeah no like I, she's my friend uh, i like her so much i must we we must be together I, I i'm not saying it's a bad i'm not saying it's like changed the culture or anything but i just think like some of that nora efron messaging is kind of weird uh the farther away you get from it so i don't know hmm. this is this is more up my alley I think I think most romantic comedies are flawed in their thinking and are probably, you know, like if you put them under a microscope, it's everything falls apart pretty, pretty quickly. I think of that group of four, like I haven't seen Pretty Woman in so long that I can't really say I remember it being good at the at the time, you know, like not even just as like a romantic comedy, but I felt like just as a a movie like and it could have just been because it was a whirlwind when it came out. Like, I feel like it was the most popular thing ever to happen to, to movies at the time. But uh, as far as that group, like sleepless in Seattle is for sure. My favorite of the group. Like I've, I don't know why I just, that I'm a Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan sucker. Um, But this and this and when Harry met Sally, they're both great. I don't know. There's some nostalgia to when Harry met Sally that probably wins out ultimately over this one. But like, I think like I could sit down and watch any one of these three again and not feel like 
I was bored. I'd be entertained. I'd probably fall in love all over again with whichever of the, the actresses were, were intended to fall in love with at that time, you know? So, um, but yeah, I, I, you know, David makes a good point, but I think it's hard. Like if you put any of them, like any of them ever under scrutiny, like they quickly, yeah. Yep. Yep. You know, unravel, but but yeah, for what they are, like, I like them all. Well, and and the, to the broader, you know, discussion of of these older films that you can't change the way they were made. You can't change when they were made and what movies were like when these, you know, these were put together. So, yeah, I think it's important to just you acknowledge what the faults are and that it wouldn't be done this way now, but you're not going to delete the movie from history, not a movie like this, you know, but I think it's kind of weird, right? Like, I mean, it's like, you can't even by today's standards, you can't even like really like even fairy tales are like polluted with things that don't like carry you know like like they get torn apart you know i mean it's like Mm -hmm. there's no it's it it's kind of sad i think in some cases where it's like it feels like by today's standards like there's no room for fantasy anymore like whether like in any regard right because like it's someone's gonna find it offensive or it's gonna be like uh you know like uh something that isn't you know, like maybe it's morally questionable or whatever. Like if you look at it from a certain angle and it's, uh, you know, like I think it makes it really impossible to do like these kind of movies. And that's why, you know, like, I don't know, like even, I mean, even more recently, like I forget the actress's name and I know that this is a total backlash kind of against it, but the the young woman who played Snow White or whatever in the in mm-hmm. the latest like Disney thing, you know, like, I don't know if it's bouncing back because like she's getting like kind of questioned about her comments about Snow White and stuff. But it just feels like people have this like anger and animosity a lot of times towards like these fairy tales and fantasies and like, I don't know, these romantic ideas that I think also feed into like romantic comedies, which is, you know, like a deeper conversation than what probably a romantic comedy warrants. But it's just kind of interesting that there's like no appetite or tolerance for any of it anymore. Yeah, I mean, well, the American dream, the American dream, the white picket fence is much different than it once was. Yeah, right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. There's a lot more things you've got to factor in when you're making your, you know, creating these stories now that, you know, culturally sensitive you know and and everything so just you just have to think a little differently when putting projects together now that's the way it sort of is so but um the uh i you know this movie felt it feels it feels so soft to me it feels like just a soft little puppy of a movie that that doesn't require a lot of brain power and, you know, thinking like even in romantic comedies today, there's always all these twists and plot devices that have to come back and circle around. This is a very straightforward. And, and like a lot of these other comedies we've been talking about, it's very straightforward. And I think those movies have their place and maybe it is 
the Hallmark movie now. And, and that is such a massive audience today. There's tons and tons of people who love those movies and they're obsessed with them. So clearly there is a place for those kind of films and, and that's okay. You know, not every movie has to like get your brain working into overdrive to stay with it. You know, like, like comedies, like I love arrested development. Let's just say the first three seasons, <laughs> but that, that you have to work hard to keep up with that comedy because the jokes are so layered. Christopher guest films were like that. There's, you know, a lot of even comedies that are, that are that way, but it's okay to have these movies that are not that, that you can just sit back and turn off and be, you know, go with the story. Smiling, smiling and, and laughing is important. Right. And that's what this type of movie can give you. Yeah. yeah. I think people need it. You know, they need the, there's something to say about escapism and it doesn't have to be always educational and, you know, making you, work for know. it it can i don't need to learn something from every goddamn movie <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's just true, it like true double true yeah. like a lot of these movies back in the day were an escape right like you, yep. you know whatever whatever your daily grind was like this helped you kind of get away from it but i feel like a lot of the m- movies that come out these days kind of more shine a light on that grind like everybody you know yeah. like it's there's a there's a much larger attention paid towards realism and, and, and things of that nature. Um, And so, yeah, like these are, uh, you know, to be able to go back and kind of watch these and be able to disconnect that way and like kind of let go of your worries for, you know, 90 minutes is pretty nice. Yeah. It's, you know, it's good to have a balance of that. Like if you want to have your, you know, it's important to have movies that that do have that education and the importance and the like working it into the plot, but also have ones that don't that are just like, I just want to watch a romantic comedy. I just want to watch like a an action movie. Like I don't want to have it tied up with all that other stuff. So, but you should have the availability of both. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you can't have all dessert all the time. I can. That's why. That's why Barbenheimer <laughs> Weekend works so well. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Like that's proof right there. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, So what do you think the legacy of this movie is? How how do you think like it, it, um, do you think it's still like, uh, to me, this is always considered like, I don't know, top, top five from the last couple of decades, romantic comedies. Do you think it still sits up there or has it kind of been pushed down? Well, Jared watches it all the time so i gotta imagine it's still pretty high up in the it it i mean for me the 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 nostalgia alone keeps it up there for me plus again i don't really feel like they make movies like this with stars anymore for this for the big screen so right um yeah I I i feel like it's probably been that way since the early 2000s i don't think we've like when was the kate hudson run of like yeah, that was like mid and stuff like that. Mid two thousands. Mid two thousands is when they kind of tapered off. I feel so, like I, mean, she... I was just gonna say, even so, it's been so many years since they really have been doing stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I said it earlier. I do think that like the nineties is considered like the golden era of of like yep. the rom com, right? And so like 
if you were watching them then, like you were kind of getting the best of the most current. And like the 2000s had some, some, some stuff in there, but like, I think, you know, like this sits squarely in the middle of, of that time frame. you know, like I think obviously Bill Pullman uh, is fairly well-known act, actor, Sandra Bullock, Philip, hugely successful, uh, you know, actor, producer, like everything in, in Hollywood. So, you know, like, I mean, as far as legacy goes, like, you know, this is, you know, a part of her history and, and how she got to where oh, she yeah. is, you know? And so it's really the know. beginning of that path, you know, the carving of that path that, that she stays yeah. on that keeps her so successful. And like you said earlier, it, it looked like it was the very beginning, but it was 13 movies in, which, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which just goes to show that she's been blazing for a long time, you know, like yeah. putting out quality, uh, quality movies for some time now. So yeah, I mean, Sandra um, Bullock has stayed at that level. She's still at that level. She's still a major, major star um, who's still putting out hit movies yeah. and never really had a drop off. You know, not not all those movies are nearly as good as some of the other ones, but, um, you know, she was able to stay at the top and she played her career very, you know, very smartly. So, yeah, I'm so, going to watch um, Gravity after this. I love Gravity. That's a good one. Oh yeah, she was phenomenal in that. Fantastic. Carried the whole thing by herself, pretty much. Yeah, she was fantastic, superstar. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, that was... I didn't, I didn't bring that up on purpose, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's she's phenomenal in that. Wasn't she nominated for that as well? Yes. Yeah, I think so. I mean, that I was pretty one. sure. That's, that's I mean, a brilliant performance in that film. And it's you know, and and it, the film was so innovative, and it's and its style and scope that like it's it's she she is just one of the many magical pieces of that that film that you know it, it's all got to sing you need the right cast and and the the, the right i love i, it, it's just, I love that director alfonso he's yeah. yeah he's he's awesome i love children of men too all right should we talk a little box office glory see how this one did yeah it's that time While You Were Sleeping uh, was shot in late 1994 in LaGrange and Chicago, Illinois. David, is that your old stomping grounds? I, I lived in Chicago for 10 years. Yeah. There you go. But not LaGrange. I didn't live in LaGrange. No. Okay. That's fair. Fair enough. LaGrange. 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 It had a $17 million budget. It opened April 21st, 1995 at number one. Wow. Finally, every time we do a movie, it, we rarely have an opening it's weekend number, number 15. One. It's never this number one, ever. And <laughs> we it's broke like the streak. 180 episodes, I think we've had like four number ones. <laughs> Even though these Well, the, the, it had some stiff competition this week, uh, which was David Caruso's Kiss of Death. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> but it uh, it knocked out Bad Boys from the number one spot, which is, I think, in its third week. So... Uh, it had a $9.2 million opening week, $81 million domestic run, another 101 internationally for a 182 grand total. So that's a solid, solid, you know, massive hit right there. Uh, but even as big of a hit, 
It's only number 15 of 1995, right between Richard Dreyfus and Mr. Holland's Opus and Congo. I don't Ooh, I don't understand Congo. 1995, I guess. Dickie Dreyfus, <laughs> your favorite buddy. Yeah. Uh, Dreyfus has Congo, a movie in the man. top 15. Congo's in the top, you know, 16. Who was number Congo? one? Congo's uh, another Michael Crichton thing that was yeah. I, I barely remember. I just remember hating it and never hearing anything. Good who is about it. Yeah, who I, is the star in that? Bruce Campbell uh, was in it for a second. Bruce Campbell's in it for a second. Um, I forgot the actor's name, but Laura Linney. Yeah. yeah, Laura Linney's in it. Yep. Dylan Walsh. Dylan yeah, Walsh. Was, yeah, yeah. It was here and gone quicker than Sphere, even, which was also. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, Congo's not a movie. I, I, you never hear anyone talk about that anymore. No. No. Nope. Um, barely ever heard anyone talk about it then either. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Top at the box office in 1995 was Toy Story, Batman Forever. Yes, that classic film. And Apollo 13. Batman Forever, was that the one with uh, Arnie? No, no. No. That's Val. Jim Carrey. Jim Jim Carrey, Val. uh, U2 U2 on the soundtrack. Tommy Lee Jones, was he in it? Wait, no. Wasn't it Seal? It's Seal on Batman Forever. Kiss from a Rose? Yeah. And then I think... uh, Is there U2? Oh yeah, all right. Well, you know what? That's the next Batman movie up in our our lineup. So at some point, <laughs> we're gonna have to come back to Batman Forever. I'm skipping that one. <laughs> You're gonna be sick that that day. Like, uh, he'll be rearranging his sock drawer, yeah. doing his taxes. You're gonna wow. you're gonna skip Batman Forever, but you're gonna absolutely be showing up for Halloween Nine. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> I've got priorities, David. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. I'll um, show up for Batman Forever. All right, good. <laughs> Sandra Bullock was nominated for a Golden Globe for this role. Whoa. Not no Oscars, but just one Golden Globe nomination. And uh, after this, it really cements her as the new it girl. So she, along with Julia Roberts, you know, they are probably the top two uh, female actresses of the time and would last all the way through today. You yeah. know who else had a good run? Reese Witherspoon. Had a solid run in the romantic comedy department. I just remembered. I just watched Pleasantville earlier today. She's oh, Pleasantville's amazing. It's good. Yep, she's another one that's definitely up there too. Yeah, but uh, yeah, and this movie, you know, I think it really holds. Uh, you know, had quite a life on home video, Jared, as your your family can attest to, amongst you know many many others that this was definitely a big seller on on VHS and probably DVD and uh, was a, you know, it's a good, I think it's a good family film to watch, you know, even with its flaws and, you know, it, not everyone's going to love it, but I think for those of us that grew up in this era, it feels like I, I would watch this again, even like I can acknowledge all the messed up things that are in it, you know, it, it, within the plot, but you know, I, I don't mind, uh, grabbing a blanket and laying on the couch and going back to the the nineties for a little while. I almost watched it again before we did the podcast. Just, <laughs> I was like, you know what? I can do that. Yeah. Well, you know, like and if, if you watch it with your family, you have your teachable moments where you can explain exactly why things are not acceptable and what the time period was. And there's teachable, yeah. teachable moments when you watch things like this. Yeah, yeah. totally. 
So, yeah. So I think this movie, you know, has a, a, a long shelf life, especially if you're in the Jack Warden fan club, you know, this is a big winner and, and I'm, I might be the sole member, but uh, it's a, it's a strong fan club. Uh, Jack Warden's great. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, six degrees of reconsideration. Brent, you wanted us to connect pretty woman to while you were sleeping. That's right. And let's see what we came up with. Uh, David, you got anything? Peter Gallagher is in this movie and then he's in sex lies and videotape with Loris and Chicamo. Uh, who's in Pretty Woman? Is that right? Yes. Yes. Great. There yes. Go. Got into. That's uh, you got into. Nice. Peter Gallagher is in The Player with Julia Roberts. So ah. oh, also good. same same amount. So nice. I went uh, Clooney in Gravity to Julia Roberts in. Mm. Notions of 12 or whatever. Ocean's 11, which you pick your poison. Yeah, one of them. Yeah. And Ticket to Paradise, don't forget. Hmm. That's true, too. Yeah, never forget that one. Um, speaking of romantic comedies. Uh, that was right. the one they've done recently. There you go. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Um, well, this was a really fun, Jared, having you back. This was we we always love having you. I think you're on the schedule for another film coming up soon. We're not going to reveal that film, but there's something around the corner as we uh, come to the end of 2023 and begin our 2024 lineup. So, as long as you want to come back, always. As long as you guys don't kick me off, I'm coming back. <laughs> I'll cue the o- Oasis music. <laughs> David, any uh, last minute uh, holiday things? Tomorrow's Christmas Day. Did did everything get handled around the studio lot uh, this time? All the decorations are good to go, right? Yeah, everything is up and 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 lit, and it looks great. And uh, a lot of tinsel. Uh, yeah, it's tinsel, tinsel, tinselmania, twenty twenty three. Tinsel Town, twenty twenty three. Yeah, so we're going. We're going. We went all out. We've got a a, a twenty four hour long reconsina Christmas party tomorrow. So that's what yeah. uh, we'll be busy Start, all day. Starts at midnight. Yeah, <laughs> it's Christmas starting morning. in a, in a couple hours. Here mm-hmm. we're going a full twenty four hour party. So. Yeah, mandatory. Yeah, you guys yeah. been tracking Santa Claus on NORAD yet? Because oh yeah, my kids yeah, yeah. just don't ever quit. <laughs> Um, well, we want to wish you guys a happy holidays and and uh, don't forget to check out our, our next episode. We're going to take a look back at uh, 2023 and ahead to 2024. So a special little bonus episode coming up. Check us out on social media. We're at Reconsideration Podcast on Instagram, tw- uh, Twitter, or X or whatever it is. Check out our archives at reconsideration.com. Thank you to our friends, E.K. Wimmer, for the theme music. Don't forget to check out his podcast, which has recently returned, Laser Graves, and our friend Curtis Moore for the posters. Any other holiday messages, guys? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Absolutely. Have a good one. All right. We'll see you on the next Reconcinimation. Take care. Bye now.
I like Jack. Who's Jack? Peter's brother. So? So he thinks I'm engaged. To who? To Peter. Lucy, I really don't have time for this. Oh, no, 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 no. You have to tell me what to do. Tell the truth. If I tell Jack that I lied to his family, he will never speak to me again. And, and, and Ox, and Midge, and Mary, and, and, and Saul. Saul? Who's Saul? It's a next door neighbor. You know what? Actually, he knows. Lucy, you're born into a family. You do not join them like you do the Marines. You have to tell me what to do. Pull the plug. You're sick. I'm sick. You're cheating on a vegetable. 